Jason Whitley, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. How are you? Oh, we're doing great. DJ is on with Eco Green Mobile Detailing and Jason from Sonax USA. Thank you guys for taking the time to uh, come on with us. Now, Jason, before you introduce yourself, um, tell us about the beer that you chose. Oh, boy. Uh, which one did I get? <laughs> That's not a great way of starting off there, Jason. No, it's not. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Are you not drinking the beer as we speak? I I am not. Oh, I apologize. Jason, Jason. I know. I just got I just got in and I did not get it. Uh-oh. He broke the rules like oh, he broke it's the pints rules. and polishing. It is. So I so I did it is me. But it That's is right. It is Jason. So it's though, the so Samuel can... Smith Nut yeah. Brown Ale. Yes, that is it. Fine, I'll be the one that cracks one open. Uh, now, please, please do. Nut Brown Ale brewed at the Old Brewery. I can't even read that name. <laughs> something. At the something. At the something. It yeah. is brewed at the Old Brewery, Lancaster, established Lancaster. in 1758. Yeah. Nice. It's an English beer. Mm. Oh my, that's so good. Yeah. And it, say, it's, it says it's Yorkshire's oldest brewery. So there you go. There you go. Yorkshire, England. It's, it's been wow. around a while. How is now it? The, the only, it's delicious. The only brown ale that I've had is Moose Drool. <laughs> and that is a horrific beer. I couldn't even finish half of it. And I wonder if I just had that like, <laughs> image of Moose Drool in my, like, and maybe that's why, because it's a dark, you know, kind of brownish, and they call it moose drool. Mm -hmm. I don't know. People love it. I can't stand it. You don't like the stouts? Well, it's not a stout. It's a brown. It's like a brown, this. right. Yeah. Right, right, right. No, I like stouts, definitely, yeah. Um, our, our podcast next week is going to have uh, Fade to Black, which is a stout from uh, Left Hand Brewery up in Colorado. Oh, yeah. I've heard of Left Hand's a good brewery. Oh, great brewery. Yeah. All right. So enough about this beer that you chose and you're not drinking. Right. Tell us about who you are, Mr. Jason. I, um, well, I am, uh, I guess I'll start with the... Um... You know the boring stuff first, but I'm I'm with Sonix USA. Um, I'm my title is national sales manager, but um, we we do everything. We got a nice little team in Indianapolis. I live in Indianapolis, and um, we've been doing we've been importing we've been importing Sonix from Germany for well since 2009. So we're going to nine years now and. Uh, I've been doing this, I guess I've been in this industry now for 12, almost 13 years. And, um, it's, it's been fun. It's challenging. I mean, every industry is, and, um, it's a, it's a pretty small tight knit community. And, um, but uh, having said that, I've been doing this a long time and I still, I meet new people that have been around the industry for a long time. So it's, it's always kind of different and exciting and, um, it's, it's, it's fun. It's, there's, there's always, uh, the goal line's always getting moved and, um, you know, the chemistry changes and people 
change companies and new companies pop up and it's uh it's all there's always something going on it's it's fun to be a part of oh you're right i mean it's definitely amazing how many new companies pop up all the time i mean especially right now i mean the biggest fad is you know is coatings and you know we definitely jumped on board you guys have a coating but it's crazy how many on Instagram, it seems like every week there's two or three new ones, you know? Yes, right, right. And, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I hope it, you know, from a, from a detailing standpoint, I hope it, it continues to be something that gets, um, gets more traction and more saturation into the, into the detailing market. I really do. And I, I know Sonex is always trying to, to um, kind of reinvent their formulas and, They've got some cool stuff they're working on right now. Um, you know, it's really early, but, um, you know, hopefully we'll have something in 2019. I know that sounds odd that we're talking about 2019, but, um, you know, from a product development side, it kind of takes takes that long, especially when you're a global company. So, Right. Now, tell us about – you told us about you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. For the few people that are listening – that do not know who Sonax is because you guys have only been in the States, what, five years? Uh, no, we've been here since um, we've, we've got our first shipment in 2010. Uh, it's okay, been, so seven. It's been eight uh, years. We, I think years. we got our first shipment in January 2010, so eight years. And so Sonax itself, the company, um, uh, it, it's a German company. It's from Neuburg. This little city is called Neuburg that everything's made in. Uh, Neuburg's about an hour and a half, hour and 15 minutes uh, northwest of Munich. And um, they started in the car care industry and, and making car care chemicals in 1950. However, the company um, that founded Sonex uh, was a company starting in 1903, and it was called Hoffman Mineral. So the company's been around since 1903, and the Hoffman family still owns it. They're in their fifth generation of ownership. and um, it's, it's a cool little town. It's this little city. They still have a castle. They still have a giant Really? There's wall. a castle? Well, there's a giant like castle city that sits up off the Danube river. The Danube river runs right through Neuburg and right in the center of town, there's still this old seven, I think it's almost 800 year old, um, little city. And it's, it looks like a giant castle. I mean, it's, uh, it's awesome. It's, it's yeah, that would be high. awesome to see. Yeah, it's it's a neat place, um, and the city's great, and uh, the beer is off the charts uh, there. That's one thing I do love about going over there is drinking the drinking the beer. But um, but the company's been around for a long time. They're in their this is their sixty eighth year in car care, uh, and they are um, they're the market leader in Europe. Um, they have a huge market share in Germany. Uh, and they have a giant market share in, in Europe, uh, and they're currently distributing to 104 countries worldwide. So the way they go to market is they pick uh, a partner in each country that they decide that they want to go into, um, and that partner is the exclusive supplier of Sonex in that country. And that's what our, that's what our company is. We're the U.S. supplier of Sonex in the United States. And um, so eight years, but you guys don't carry, right? You don't carry the full Sonex line. You no. just have an American version. We we do. They make uh, roughly five hundred plus um, liquid chemicals. 
Uh, that's not including accessories. So four major categories are uh, um, car wash chemicals, uh, DIY or consumer-based chemicals, professional line chemicals, and then they have, um, they call it their technical uh, line, which is um, high-end lubricants. And, and um, you know, it, it's kind of like, the, 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 it's brake cleaners and, mm-hmm. um, you know, high-end technical lubricants. And it's something they started developing when they got more involved with Formula One years and years ago. They were Formula One um, sponsors for, I think, 30 years. And because and of that, they kind of mm-hmm, – go ahead. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Didn't you say that they pulled out of that and now they're in the electronic Formula One or something like they, that? They did, yeah. They Now they're in Formula E. It's called Formula E. And, you know, these car companies that decide that they're going to get into a race team, uh, the only way it makes sense for them to spend the money that they do in racing because it's – they spend a lot of money in it. So the only way for them to, to – um, reconcile or justify the money that they spend in racing is to develop technology and, and engineering aspects that they can carry over into um, the, into the consumer market. And with the push in electronic vehicles, uh, all the most of the major brands have decided to pull out of formula one, which is, you know, now don't get me wrong. They're doing turbocharged four cylinders now and, different kinds of engines and transmissions, they're still getting some of that out of it. But a lot of them are, are kind of pulling some of the funds back and putting it into Formula E so they can um, create their own baselines and standards in electronic uh, motion rather than in, um, in motors, in, in combustion engines. And what should we learn from that? I mean, what's other than going, oh, cool. I mean, what does that tell us as far as the market? Well, <laughs> I know it's a long way away, but down down the line, uh, we're going to do a lot less uh, engine cleaning. I know that. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the hybrids are, are taking hold. Um, there's a lot of countries that are saying, look, we're going to have electronic cars exclusively in, by 2030 or 2040. Um, and, and big countries. I mean, we're talking about China and, and India. Uh, by 2050, I think they want to cut it way back. So. Um, you know, from that standpoint, yes, um, engines, combustion engines and those things are going to go away. But from a market standpoint, you're still going to have vehicles. They still need to be cleaned. Um, you know, dirt's everywhere. You know, the, the mode of transportation, you know, I, I, the trend, it seems, is that more and more people are going to start using um, uh, Uber and getting away from their mm-hmm. cars or Uber type like services. Uh, and they're also going to start, and they're already starting. I mean, they're already implementing Volvo and, and well, Uber um, is already per- getting involved with uh, Tesla and, and some of these hybrid cars where the, the they think, I mean, the, the trend is in 20 to 25 years, and this is a generational thing. I mean, when we're older, we're going to say, I can't believe that we're, we're using self-driving cars. And, and, and it, that's going to happen. I mean, it's coming. Um, so, you know, in the future, we're going to have car. We, we may not have cars or younger generations might have cars, but cars will come and pick them up that are automated and take them wherever they want to go. Yeah. So that, that, that is the change. Now, you know, having said that, you know, if you watch a movie from 30 years ago, they say, Hey, and you know, they, the, 
movies that we watched 30 years ago that were futuristic movies. They would say, oh, in, you know, in 2130, and they'd have flying cars. Well, we're not going to have flying cars in 2130, uh, nor are we going to have no more combustion engine cars in the next 20 years. I mean, they're still going to be around. There's no. You mean Doc from uh, Back to the Future wasn't completely right? That's correct. Doc may have, Doc may have overestimated how science is going to drive all this thing. But, but, you know, people still need to get around. And I think the way they get around is going to be a little bit different. But there's still going to be vehicles taking people places. I mean, it, it, from that standpoint, I don't think it's going to change one bit. Yeah, um, I think uh, dealership worlds that'll change. They'll have to change though too. I, I know one dealership I was talking to. They said they've got to start looking. You know, not not next year, but relatively soon. They've got to start planning for night crews to be around doing service because eventually people won't go into the dealership during the day. Their car will open up the garage and go drive itself to the dealership to get its maintenance and then it will drive itself mm -hmm. back. And so they've got a plan for having crews available in the evenings. Yeah. Well, that's, I, I'm not, I have not heard that, but it's uh, certainly feasible. Uh, you know, again, it's going to be a while, I think before people really get comfortable with uh, automobiles driving around by themselves. It, it, it it's, it's not going to be an overnight thing, but, we'll start filtering in and we will see it more. Uh, and, and everyone is going to have to adjust to it. I, you know, like you said, dealerships are going to have to as well. Yeah. So let's move, uh, let's move from electronic cars to just what are some stuff like we should know about Sonax as far as in detail world, you know, what, what are your go-to, items what what is it that's important to sonax that somebody's listening as a detailer like hey this is a product that sh that you need um well I, I guess i can there's a couple that jump that come to mind uh you know our best seller and one of the ones that we you know we still have great success with is our wheel cleaner we um sonax many years ago teamed up with gm or with mercedes and bmw uh, because they had a terrible problem with their soft metallic pads, their performance pads, creating brick dust on, on the rims. And Sonex developed a, um, an acid-free, even it's, it's really pH neutral. When I say acid-free, that really doesn't tell a story because there's many high alkaline uh, wheel cleaners out there. So acid-free doesn't really um, kind of paint the picture. What it really is is pH neutral. So um, on the pH scale, seven is water and ours is 7.5. So it's, you know, a little bit, uh, uh, just a slight variation from water from a, from a chemical standpoint. Um, and it's a very effective cleaner of metallic brake dust off of, off of wheels. And it's very safe, uh, doesn't harm any of the braking system, doesn't, even if you let it dry on the wheel, um, you just respritz it with the wheel cleaner, it reactivates and you can rinse it off. So. Um, that's still one of our best sellers. And if um, you've uh, yeah. taken some enhancing, um, mind-enhancing drugs, you can get this psychedelic effect of turning uh, purple, right? That, it turns purple. It does have a chain. You know, that, that's kind of well-known in the industry now. There's a lot of copycats that, that do it. I think that sometimes the smell will help along that psychedelic path um, also. But, 
Um, and it's safe on any, absolutely any rim, um, you know, uh, chrome, aluminum, billet, um, two P, you know, anything it, it's, it's safe on anything. It won't, won't harm any type of surface. Yeah. It's super great. That's, that's it's such a great product. It is. And it, it, like I said, it's still one of our best sellers and we launched that many years ago and, and, um, there's still, there's some copycats. Don't get me wrong, but I think ours is still better. Um, the other one that we've been really successful with, believe it or not, is that Alcantara cleaner. It's, it's called the, um, Sonex upholstery and Alcantara cleaner. Uh, it's a foam cleaner. Um, and Alcantara, uh, for those who don't know is, um, basically it's a fake suede. So it's a, it's a textile that a lot of car companies are, are, um, introducing for steering wheels, shifter knobs, dashboards, door inserts, uh, seat inserts. Uh, even some roof liners, all types of different surfaces, interior. Um, and this stuff is, you know, I wouldn't say it's the, – the thing about it is it's very soft to the touch, uh, and it feels great and it looks great, don't get me wrong. However, the bad part, the bit, you know, kind of the, the, um, the flip side of the coin is, is that it attracts dirt like crazy. I mean, it really gets dirty fast. The oils from your skin and – um, you know, for anything that you touch a lot, um, when Alcantara gets dirty, it actually kind of lays down flat and it gets shiny, believe it or not. Um, and ours, ours is safe on all Alcantara's. It cleans it up. It makes it, it, it re rejuvenates it. It's got a nice scent. Um, and it's, it's really easy to use. So we've done really well with that also. Um, do you guys, another one do you guys I, see a lot of Alcantara? Uh, can you hear me? Yep. On the, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, we see a lot. I mean, a lot of the, the newer cars that we do, um, like the, even like the Escalades or Maserati or, um, BMW, I mean, a lot of the high end vehicles have that in there and, and it's, uh, yeah, I mean, we see every day. And so what do you guys typically, I mean, what's, what's a, what's a, for you guys and other detailers, if they don't have a specific, you know, cleaner, what do you use? Uh, there's what Jason just described as their, their cleaner. And there's also one that's been out for a while. Uh, Dr. Beasley's has one as well. Um, and those two are very popular, the Sonax and Dr. Beasley's version. Well, so where I was going, I, I wanted you to say what you use. And then I was going to have Jason say why, like what makes his different from, you know, I would think a lot of people are just going to use a, generic multi-purpose all-purpose cleaner yeah and, right and jason can probably correct and, and, and so he, what i was i was you know you that's probably what you guys use or maybe not maybe that's what majority of people use so then jason what mm -hmm. why should somebody use a specific alcatara cleaner from sonax versus just a generic all-purpose cleaner well the reason the reason i like to use the alcantara is because really because of the foaming um, when you use a all-purpose cleaner, you usually use, have to use a lot of water, especially if it's really dirty. And that water will set in and actually get trapped behind the um, underlying textile itself. And most of, the, um, most of the Alcantara that's out there has padding behind it. So sometimes that dirt and everything will get trapped behind it, where the Alcantara, because it's a foam, will stay up on the surface. And you're actually cleaning the surface a little bit better and more effectively and not and not um you know contaminating or offering different types of things in that foam that foam padding behind it okay so when you say it's foam, so instead of it's not a sprayer 
it's it's literally no. a you you know push the button and foam comes out. It, it, it's not an aerosol; it's a pump foam, and it's kind of like you know, it's almost like mousse, like like mousse for your hair. I mean, that's the way it comes out. It's like this. It's just a. That's foam. why you have good hair, huh, um, Jason? Uh, well, that that's a lot of uh, maintenance <laughs> and a lot of dollars at Great Clips. That's You're giving away his secrets. You're giving away Damn his it. secrets. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. He he told yeah. us that under strict confidentiality. I didn't sign the paper, I, I though. Did. Oh, that's true. You didn't. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I, I don't know if Dr. Beasley's is a foam also. I think it is. I don't know. I just said those are the two popular ones on the market. The, yeah, yeah. So I'm not. Yeah. All right, so, so what's that, what's another one? I mean, because there's my favorites. I was going to let you go ahead with yours, and then I, I, I'm definitely going to talk about the favorites that DJ and I have. Uh, well, the other one that I, I'm gravitating more and more towards is our Brilliant Shine Detailer, believe it or not. It's, it's, the, it's, a, it's a polymer-based um, quick detailer that can be diluted, um, it, and it's a lot the, – the, um, Oh, it's called Reload. I can't remember who. CarPro. CarPro Reload. CarPro Reload. Everyone loves that stuff. And I honestly, I think our Brilliant Shine works better than it. Well. And it's, it's less expensive. Yeah, it's definitely. But the CarPro Reload has SiO2 in it. And so that's why, that's why they like it for, for coatings. Um, but the problem that a lot of people have with CarPro Reload is it's streaky. Very streaky. Mm-hmm. And so their answer to that, across the board, a lot of detailers will then dilute the reload. Mm-hmm. And so reload itself only has, even on their label, it says 5% SiO2. And when they dilute it, now you're getting down to that 2 2.5%. depends on how far they dilute it. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, right. then it goes to your point. Well, what's the point of using that? I mean, you're not really getting that much protection out of it if you're diluting mm-hmm. it so i could definitely see yeah. yeah your shine and what you're going to get from um from your product i could see you you definitely competing with it mm-hmm. yeah and i didn't know you could dilute and yours you can it's dilutable uh and it's also um one of the big reasons i've been doing well with this because it's body shop safe ah, so if you're all around paint booths yes. or whatever it is it is you you can use it in a shop which is very extremely uncharacteristic of a showroom shine or a final shine That's product true. they're mostly full of silicone which is what mm-hmm. creates that shine and gloss so mm-hmm. tell us about that how did they pause pause what? hold on we have not said one of the most important things that I think is fascinating with Sonax is most companies have like one chemist that does their R&D, two, two oh, if yeah. they're lucky. <laughs> I mean, a big yeah. company, massive company in the States maybe will have two chemists, but most of them only have one. So you guys probably have what, three or four? <laughs> uh, we, have, 30. we have over 30 that's crazy over 30 so you've got over 30 yeah, people that are studying chemists they're working to develop more and more better products for your company that's correct yeah that's insane yeah more than 30 and that's yeah. and that, that's why you get the products you get we do yeah that's true i mean the 
it, the chemistry is pretty darn good. It, it really is. Um, so that, yeah, they, they, and you know, uh, there's a lot more to uh, the chemistry of a product when it comes to mass market and, and global, dis- global distribution. You also have to, you know, there's a lot of chemists that can come up with a, a really good glass cleaner. I mean, it, the ingredients aren't that hard. The, the challenge is, is how do I scale it? How do I make it in 50,000 gallon um, uh, quantity? Uh, how many, you know, bottle, just bottles, labels, um, you know, paper, all, all the necessary documents and documentation that, that it takes to be able to distribute and export to all those different countries. That's, that's the magic. Um, and that's what they do well. They're very good at it. Yeah, that's awesome. Anyway. Okay, so. so uh, yeah. So let's go. Let's, let's go. We'll go into what DJ and I love. But first. DJ, since you and I, and I'm going to continue to say this probably 10 more times in the podcast, since you and I are the only ones drinking the beer that Jason chose. It's a great beer, Jason, yeah. by the way. I just got to the office about 20 minutes ago, and, and I'm almost down to the very end of it. It's amazing. Yeah, it's so good. What do you think of it? It's great. It's, it's kind of light. Um, it's light. It is. Yeah, yeah that, that's yeah, true. So Marty had it in the refrigerator here at the office for for a couple of days, just sitting there teasing me all week, uh, and I didn't yeah. open it. <laughs> I thought about it, but it, I just yeah. imagined opening it and it being really, really dark and rich. But it's it's almost it's not it's, it's not, not at all, um, which is what I, not, I like yeah. this kind of beer. I like the I like a light um, I like light wheat beer, but this is I really can't put words to it yet. But it's yeah, it's. It's it, like I said. It's it's it tastes nothing like really. I mean, it, it looks it looks like a stout. Yeah, a porter, a porter. Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't taste like one. So yeah, anyway, it, you you. It, it wasn't. You're right. Like it wasn't what I was thinking. Yeah, right. I'd love to know sort of what's in it though. Um, once what's again, this nut brown? I just yeah. I don't, I don't really taste it. nut at all. Oh, have you tasted nuts before? Uh, <laughs> maybe that's why wow. I don't know what it tastes like. Cause I have never tasted nuts in my life. That was a, that's a layup you got to take. Hey, you know. Yeah. Well, it does have yeast. Have you tasted yeast? <laughs> oh, Marty. Oh, oh Marty. boy. It is. It is after. Uh, oh, it's not even eight o'clock yet, Marty. Jeez. Hey, yeah. but I'm almost down. This is a, a decently strong beer, and I'm almost down past number two. So Lightweight. Oh, well yeah. done. There you go. Hey, you know, hey, we got to keep it fun, right? That's right. All right, so, so go ahead. No, I was going to say, so you wanted to kind of interject what you, what you liked, what the products that you really liked. Yeah, that's where I was at it, too. So, um, yeah. DJ. I will let you. I will let you um, talk about the go-to product that you and I love. So, what year was it? we went to SEMA uh, for two your years first ago. time? Okay, so two years ago, um, we were walking around SEMA, and you, we stopped at the. Uh, was it the? What, what booth was that? Was it the? Um, was it Sonax booth? Well, we or stopped. Different... So, let I'll, I'll I'll give the story behind that. When we went there, we went with the number one purpose. What we wanted to do was test the 
Flex XFE, which was supposed to be their answer to the roots free spinning. Yeah. And so we immediately we we are walking around and we that was that was what we wanted to do is test that. That was the number one thing. And the very first booth we stopped at that we saw the tool was we just immediately grabbed it and wanted to play with it. Yeah. Um, and when we were testing it, we both were like, hey, this, like, Rob, who is the president, right? That's his title, president? Managing director. Managing director. It's the same thing. Yeah. Was there, and he started using the tool, we, you know, but I, I remember kind of looking at DJ, and I'm looking at him, I'm like, okay, bro, like, I, can I use it now? Like, uh, that's cool. Let yeah. me see it. And so we, <laughs> we, I grabbed it and I start, I start playing with it because we wanted to, to use the tool. That was, that was the main thing. Right. And, and I remember stopping and going, whoa, wait, this is really good shit. Like, where are we? What booth yeah. are we at? And, and uh -huh. it was the Sonax booth. Okay, so... Ever since that day, we got back, and I think you ordered a huge – I mean, you ordered a crap ton of it because you distributed it now here, you know, here in Oklahoma. But, like, since that day, I have never used any other compound ever. So we use the Cut Max. We use the EXO 406, um, and that's literally all we use. One thing we switch up in our correction and polishing process is our pads. But, I mean, there's never been a need yeah. to – you know, you'll have people that send you samples and say, oh, you got to try this, try that. There's no need to anymore. It works so well, so fast, and so good all the time, every time that there's – I don't know how you can have a better compound or polishes. So I just – I yeah, swear they, by it. They, they – um, well, they came out – they were kind of the first to market with a, a truly water-based, um, very low-solvent um, compound and polish. <laughs> now, what does all that – what does all of, all of that mean? Well – what it means to the user is... Hey Jason, I think your um, phone... Check your reception. It's, it's kind of going in and out. Just a little bit. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah. 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 Okay. Sorry. So from an end-user standpoint, what that means is um, when, when you have a water-based product, your, your working time and your working window is a lot more. Uh, when you have a high-solvent-type product or polish or compound... What it does, and everyone knows this, is that it starts to dry out and it dusts. Well, with our stuff, with the new water-based technology, um, you get the same cutting effect um, as you would with the old stuff. However, though, it stays um, lubricated and wet much longer. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's hard to dry it out. You have to work with it for a long time. Um, and you use a lot less product also. So... Um, when you use less product, that means you have a lot less splatter everywhere. You'll have a lot less dust. Um, one of the challenges some of the guys at detail have is they get uh, compound and polish in the, in the, in the um, seams, door jams, things like that. And with, with ours, because you use less, you just don't get that anymore. And if you do, uh, you don't have to remove it immediately. It'll wipe right off just like a wax does. So there's a lot of benefits to it, and, um, you know, it's always good to hear good reviews from people like DJ and Marty who use it all the time because it, it, it does work. Um, it's, it's really efficient as far as, um, you know, the amount that you use, uh, and it, the cleanup is a lot easier. I, everyone complains about having to wash a car after they compound and polish, and 
Um, now, uh, if you wash it, it's just out of necessity. It's not because you're trying to get dust off. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I think I told you this story, but I was into a dealership, and I walked in, and the guy was – he has the Cutmax there, and, and but he was using a competitive product, uh, I'll mm. say inferior, but – and he had there was dust all over it, and he was working these scratches, and he was like, "Hey, you see this? Looks good." And I was like, "Yeah, I mean, it looks good, man. Good job, you know. It looks really good." And I said, "But can we just let can we let me just play with this? Just give me just let me do this panel right here." And we put the Cutmax mm -hmm. on, and we started it at a lower speed, right? And then we cranked it up, mm -hmm. and it came out flawless. And then I said. Hey, man, so what do you notice that's different? Because if I look over here at this window, I said, look at all this dust. And I ran my finger over it. You know, you could, you could just, you know, the dust was all over that window to where you, you wiped yeah. it. And I said, you know, what, what do you normally do after you compact? Oh, we got to go wash the car. Like, you really, like, so you take an extra 20 or 30 minutes to go wash a car after you've mm -hmm. compounded it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So not only is it, you know, I think the major benefit, not just being dust free and easy to wipe off, it's a mm -hmm. time saver. It's a huge time, huge saver. time saver. And DJ, I think mm -hmm. to your point where you said you didn't use anything else, I mean, now you don't have to before when you were doing correction, right? There was trying to find a product pad combination. Now you don't have to go search for a different product. You know what product you're going to use. Now it's just finding the right pad. It's just the right pad. And I mean, mm -hmm. and, and I don't sell it at all, but my selling point to guys, because I get asked all the time, hey, what do you guys use for your compound and polishes? And they're like, well, that's a $50, $60 bottle of, of, of compound. Like, that's way too expensive. And I break it down. Like, look, if you're talking about, if you're talking about time and saving money, you know, and I ask the same questions you just asked, you know, well, tell me your whole process. Well, we do this. We rinse it off. We got to tape all the plastics off, tape all the little the edges yeah. off. I'm like, dude, we don't do any of that we don't have to blow out all the cracks we don't have to to, to touch yeah. up all the plastic we don't have to tape anything we're washing deconning compounding polishing and coating the vehicles just like that there's no in between stages at all even if you really get down to the numbers and you're adding up the time you're spending to go and do all that extra crap to to you know you're you're spending a crap ton more money <clears throat> or losing a lot more mm -hmm. or, or or your profit margin exactly yeah. to where you spend the mm -hmm. extra money on this compound here you're actually making more money than you would to pay for yeah. a crap compound and have to pay for tape and all that extra bull crap. Yeah. The yeah. most important well, thing that we have as human beings is time. Time. That's it. That is it. The most Absolutely. important. And so as detailers, if we can shave off time per car, like mm -hmm. it makes us more money in the long term. Plus, what would you rather be doing? Wiping dust off of cracks and scrubbing stuff off? Or yeah. home with your kids, you know, or yeah. out having a beer with your buddy. You know, it doesn't matter. Like, what would you rather be doing? Definitely no. something <laughs> other than Anything trying to. That. Yeah, because yeah. we all know, like, like what you said, like, a lot of times those solvent-based compounds, they will harden. We've all seen them from body shops or different things where people get their yeah. car back and they're having to, like, pick with the, almost, like, stick their nails in the cracks and, like, dig this hardened mm -hmm. yeah. compound out of the cracks, and it's, it's horrific. Right. But with yours, yeah. we don't have to. So, Never. hey, right. tell us, here's what I think is really cool. 
I, I, I kind of briefly talked about it starting your, your tool, whichever tool you choose um, at, a, at a lower speed and then turning it up. Uh, tell us why somebody would want to do that, Jason. Well, the way that I've seen it be, I guess the most efficient way that I've seen it work is, you know, when you start the slow <coughs> speed, me. really, from a from a technique standpoint, um, the slow speed really is 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 uh, is product distribution. So you've got you you're, you're you've chosen your panel, whatever size you know your two by two, three by. You've chosen what panel or what section you're going to work on. You put the product on, and then you want to distribute that product as evenly as you can, so that you have a nice consistent cut throughout the panel. You don't want to spend, you know, ten or twenty seconds on that first swipe, and you've used the compound uh, up in that first swipe. You want to spread quickly with a low with a low speed. Then you turn it up really, you know, with a DA. I just turn it up all the way. Uh, because the rotational speed of a DA is a lot less than a rotary speed. Yeah. So we started at like so, a, a traditionally we've like when Rob came here or and I, I apologize, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, like Sorry. we start working the product at I'm just going to say a four, um, like a mid level okay. uh, compound, you know, mid level speed, so that the compound mm -hmm. can do its work for cutting the scratches, and then you yeah. turn it and you speed it up because. Where I was headed with my question is, d describe to us what a diminishing abrasive is. And I kind of set you yeah. up, but I didn't really tell you what I was really wanting you to say. So I apologize. No, that's um, okay. So tell us about that's a diminishing abrasive and why you would start at like a four and then crank it up. And what does a diminishing abrasive do and why is it beneficial? Okay. Um, well, I'll start with the technique first, but you know, you want to start at a slow speed and give it a little pressure um, and then speed it up and the speed, you know, so the higher speed you have, the more cutting you have or the more correction you're doing. So converse, conversely to that, the lower your speed is, the less correction you're doing. So you start at a slow speed, spread your product, and then you crank it up and then you do your two to three passes at the high speed. So what you're really doing is, uh, the highest cutting um, factor you can have at that high speed with, with the cutting compound. After you've done your two or three passes, whatever you're doing, then what I do is just slow it down to maybe a three, do machine weight only, and just gloss it out with one pass. And what that does is when you're compounding is it makes the next step into polishing a lot easier. So the lower you speed, the more gloss enhancement you have, and it makes your second step easier. So the second point to that is what is a diminishing abrasive? Well, the theory is, and this is kind of how I try to explain it anyway, is, is that um, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like if you're sanding a piece of wood, okay? So let's say you had a, you're, you're trying to smooth out a piece of wood or uh, you know, something on, that you're, you're doing woodworking or whatever. Everyone's done that in the past. So you start with like 80 grit sandpaper and then you go to 120 grit sandpaper and then you go to you know, uh, 200 grit sandpaper, you're trying to make it nice and smooth, but you got to step it. You can't just, you, you, you got to make it nice and flat uh, first, and then you kind of build it back up and make, make it shiny with sandpaper. What diminishing abrasives do is, what they literally do is, um, you start at a higher cut sandpaper, okay, and then during your cycle, 
the abrasives that are in there, the little sand particles that are in there, I'm, they're not really sand particles, but uh, the little particles that are in there that are the actual abrasive, they literally, during the course of your cycle, break down into finer pieces of sandpaper or abrasive particle. So while you're doing your cycle, you're literally changing from, like I'll go back to the wood reference, you're changing from 120-grit sandpaper to maybe 400-grit sandpaper without taking the machine off the surface. So that's what it does. The abrasive, the abraded particle in it actually breaks down under some heat and pressure, and it creates a gloss effect during the cycle of the, the polishing. So we were, we were today, we were at a Keeler dealership. I did a little Instagram story on it. Um, this guy, we, you know, dropped off a sample of Cut Max and EX04, and we said, you know what, if you got a second, let's, let, let us show you what we mean, because what you're discussing and what you're talking about, a lot of people don't get it until they actually use it. And so yeah. I'm telling you, everybody should grab some Cutmax, because this was like a champagne-colored uh, Kia, and yeah. um, if we were able to, at this dealership, we were able to, he, he started his tool and they cranked it up, we were able to polish, cut, scratches, yeah. and polish in one step. And to me, yeah. like it's not just the dusting and all like that, but you want to really talk about time at a dealership where somebody's paid flag hour, you can cut and polish mm -hmm. a lot of cars with one step? Whoa. Like, right. Whoa. Right. And right. DJ, for you guys, I mean, you know, how fast, how much better is it for you as a mobile detailer to be able to move from instead of a three or four step to a two step, you know, a cut that turns to a polish and then you put on like an Optimus or a primer polish or something, you know, you don't have to go through all those different steps because of the benefit of cutbacks. That's a rhetorical question. I mean, you just answered it. <laughs> That's why we love it. It's, it's, it's all, I mean, there's, I, I don't know. I just can't say enough good things about it. There's, there's, there's just nothing else they can compare to it. It, um, it makes everything better. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I don't know the whole story, but Jason, I think a, another cool little geek fact for people is, um, I, I think it's something to do with the abrasive that is found in, um, in Sonac Cutmax. The abrasive is only found in one place in the world. Is that correct? Uh, that that is correct. Yeah. Well, they they kind of have. Well, like I said a long time ago, when we were talking about the company itself, um, Hoffman Mineral that started in 1903, they still mine minerals exactly. in south in southern Germany. Um, they they do it to the, so they've been doing over a hundred years and those minerals are literally Only, parts of the abrasive that go into the the and it, and I just find it I was saying you know I find it so interesting that that's only found in that town that Sonax is located. Well, right, that's what I was is, told. Yeah, I don't. that that's that that's what I yeah. understand. Yeah. So, that's what so using yeah. Cutmax, you're really not going to find that abrasive or that technology, so to speak. It's not so much patented, but it's yes. more could, like nobody else can get it because you guys are the only ones that can mine at that town, right? That that's that is correct. Yeah, yeah. That's I think that's <laughs> that's super yeah. interesting. I think that's pretty yeah. awesome. Right. Yeah, it is. It's it's. 
it, it's a pretty cool, um, you know, funnel, how it all kind of starts where it starts. And then it, you know, it gets made and the chemists engineer it, re-engineer it. And then they kind of make these unbelievably good products. It's, it, it's kind of, it, it's neat. It's, it's an, it's a neat industry that they're in. And, um, you know, if anyone's ever over there, it's, they, they're unbelievable hosts and, um, they'll always give you a tour of the plant and, and show you what they do. So it's it's a neat place. Well, maybe sometime we could go with you and have a, a beer together since we're not drinking yes. a beer tonight. No, he's not drinking a That's beer. That's right. Oh. No, I, I, I spaced, I spaced it. it. Oh, my gosh. Hey, there's, yeah. there's always Rocco's Tacos. That's right. <laughs> That's, like, That's not far away. That's not far away. For anybody listening, you got to come to Mobile Tech Expo. It's a lot of fun. Jason, you guys will have a booth there. Do you know your booth number or anything? I don't. Yeah, it's not hard to find in Mobile Tech. No, it's not. You'll, you'll find. Yeah, you'll, you'll you'll find them. Just look for the cleanest yeah. looking salesman guy. That you'll be like, oh, that's Jason. Oh, look for his hair. Yeah, that's, look that's for his hair. hair. I'm not sure. Yeah, right. Great clips. Yeah, that's right. I'm my yeah. I'm I'm sponsored by Great Clips. It's right there. On my shirt. <laughs> it's all good. Between you and Jimbo, that uh-huh. would be a very interesting uh, hair, yeah. hair off yeah. competition. Yeah. yeah, they're both pretty boys. It would. Oh. Yeah, I well, Jim's got me beat by him. <laughs> he's a little bit younger. That's all. That's all. You know, he's still in his. I would. He's got more. He's got more than young age. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Well, Jason, man, I yeah. really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, DJ, tell us. I mean, I guess Jason, you could review the beer. I mean, tell us. You know, what do you give it? If you give it a a one to five star, why did you pick Samuel Smith Nut Brown Ale? What is it that you love about it? And rate the beer for us. Uh, I well, I, I mean, it's really hard to get to a five, but it's pretty close. I mean, I, I'd probably give them a four and a half. I, I just like those kinds of beers. I'm not a big bitter IPA guy. Mm-hmm. I do like porters and stouts, but you know, I've gotten more into the ambers and the lagers. And I know it's boring, but um, you know, the the high um, what is it IBUs? Yeah, is that what is that what the yeah. I, for whatever reason, I, I mean, 15 years ago, I liked them, but now I, the Nut Brown Ale, it just has a very crisp, clean, uh, um, good taste to it. it. It's not overpowering. It's just a, a good, nice tasting beer to me. Super good. Or ale. I should I should well, say ale, I shouldn't know. I? Yeah. So, DJ, what's but, your rating? Uh, no, I'm right there. I'm like between a four and a five, too. This is a – it's – or super drinkable beer. Mm-hmm. Definitely my style. But <clears throat> hell, can you get this? Where can you get this at? I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm a it's around. I'm a Boulevard wheat person. It's around. That's my like go to Boulevard wheat. When I go to <laughs> when I drink liquor store beer, Marty would argue that and say that I'm a Coors Light guy. <clears throat> but that's just when I'm dehydrated <laughs> and need need a little bit of water. But um, right, right, yeah. I mean, so you guys have it at, in at your stores. You can just go in and buy it because. I, I have I have oh, yeah. never seen this here in Oklahoma. Yeah, but, I uh, bought it. Oh, oh, okay. That's well, why cool. we have now it. I know where to get it at. So I'm, yep. I'm switching over. You've you've made me a uh, you've given me a new beer to drink. So yeah, definitely. definitely well, it, definitely it's definitely drinkable. The cheapest beer in the world. Yeah. So you're you're gonna spend a little bit more than your Coors Light. You know, it's about ten ninety five plus tax, thirteen bucks <laughs> for four beers. <laughs> so you're gonna spend about four dollars a beer, whereas the Coors Light you spend yeah. about what? Okay, when I'm feeling cents? fancy, when I'm feeling fancy and want a nice nut brown ale, this is because you like you like nuts. 
<laughs> you like nuts. <laughs> In your experience, you like nuts. Marty wants me to like nuts, but I, I just I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, me, me neither. I'm uh, with you, buddy. So what's your I, I'm going to give it a four. Um, just yeah. because my only reason for not giving it that four and a half to five is because I, even though it's smooth and it's got, it's got a lot of good malt flavor to it, mm-hmm, I just mm-hmm. couldn't drink this other than in the winter. It's definitely a winter beer. Uh, I will buy more in the winter. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really glad you 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 said this is a, a you know I've loved it. I not only did I buy the the four pack the other day because I wanted to to try it because we were on the phone. I was like, is this one? You're like, yeah, let's go with that one. So I grabbed it, but I couldn't yeah. resist. I went ahead and drank some. So I bought another four pack for tonight. I mean, it's a great beer. Um, <laughs> Like yeah. DJ says, smooth. I I really enjoy that because a lot of times they're not smooth. So this is, this is. I, but I just I'm only going to give it a four because I don't think I could drink this other than, uh, you know, just in a you know fall winter yeah. type of setting. Uh, I'm I'm with you. I I feel the yeah. same way. Yeah, yeah. I like the lighter beers in, in the hot yeah, weather. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, so you're going to be so, at Mobile Tech Expo. Hopefully other people will come to see you. If they don't come to yes. Mobile Tech Expo, which is coming up here at the end of January, mm-hmm. where can people find mm-hmm. you on social media or connect with you? Uh, you know, if they have questions or, you know, want to talk about products, where can they find you? Yeah, so we have uh, uh, SonexUSA.com is our website. Um, and then all of our social media handles are SonexUSA also. So we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, and then, um, you know, you, you can always send a direct message on, on Facebook. Uh, we, we answer those. Uh, and then through our website, there's also an info at um, SonexUSA link there. So um, any questions anyone has or um, product questions or application or whatever, we're happy to help. Um, so besides nextlevelcodings.store, where they could buy Cutmax and the XO4, where else can they buy it? Mm-hmm. Well, they can buy it at um, Total Auto Solutions <laughs> in Oklahoma. No, that's the next level coatings. That's where I was. That's where we have yeah. it on that website. I, oh, I, I was trying it. to okay. slide that in, and you did. You kind of like anyway. I was, my smoothness yeah. did not Sorry. go too well. Because you have no game, Marty. No game, zero. Well, he's usually playing chess, and I'm playing. Hey, oh. so that's you know what? Good. Hold on. Hold on. I had some serious yeah. mad game uh, last year at Detail Fest with yeah. some extremely l- large women. <laughs> oh, you. Well done. What are you talking about, well done? You were the one we're, trying to hook me up. We're cutting him off. We're cutting him off, Jason. And that, uh, that concludes this podcast today. Yeah. Make it a great day. I'm pretty sure he's... He's into beers. Yeah, he's definitely. Yeah. Definitely yeah. No, so DJ, so this I is think a funny. Like a shot in there somewhere, Jason. I don't know. This is so funny. So we go out at Detail Fest. Jason says, "Come oh, on, God. let's go." We go down there. There's this. Uh, there was something like a some big outside festival or something. We couldn't yes. get into the right. restaurant well, we Saint, wanted Saint, to. Yeah, it was St. Patrick's, yeah, Patrick's Day. Yeah, it was St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day. Day. That's right. And so we ended up going, which is funny. We always talk about Rocco Tacos. Uh, the Rocco Tacos in Orlando we, we went to last year, but then we also went to the one in um, uh, for Detail uh, Fest, just Jason and I. Yeah. And we're a few drinks in, 
And next yeah. thing I know, there's a couple of ladies sitting behind us. And, yes. you know, might have bought them a few <laughs> drinks. You know, might have hung out with them for a little while. Did and, you, yes. And, yeah, you know, it was uh, – yeah. <laughs> you just talking about mad game. I'm just saying, you know. I, I don't know. That, they they that, played game on you. <laughs> they might have. That was they, that was an interesting night, DJ. That would have been uh, that would have been good humor, oh, internal humor for you for a while to watch. Oh, I wish I would have been able to watch that. Yeah, that that was you would have liked that one. And then we went to another bar, and they made Marty take his head off. So your phone he, cut out. I mean, yeah, I, they made him what? Yeah, I don't. I mean, you might as well have made him take his pants and shoes off and walk in there. <laughs> That's exactly he looked like a beaten down dog when they said you gotta you can't wear your hat. Oh they made him take his hat off. <laughs> oh that's right. It wasn't a bar. That was like a club. It, it was, was a club. Like we're in Vegas at SEMA. He always has a hat and flip flops on. Like, bro, you can't go out like that. Oh man. No, yes, yes uh, he no can't. hats and flip flops, man. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about all that. Right, yeah, I, that was yeah, yeah. No game at that club because all my mojo was all gone. Yeah, we won't talk yeah, about when you had to wear uh, women's slip-on shoes in a club in Vegas, but we'll we'll, we'll save that for another podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Hey, whatever it took to get in. Hey, we got in. That's yeah. Right. All right, so we got uh, uh, Jason's info. DJ, where do people find you? Yep. Uh, the business page is at EcoGreenMD, um, and the personal page is at DJ Patterson. Awesome. I'm Marty with Total Auto Solutions. You can find us Instagram, Facebook, at Total Auto Solutions, Next Level Coatings. Um, Jason, we will see you at Mobile Tech Expo. Yes. And yep. Yes, days. super excited about that, and um, we will definitely go have some Rocco's Tacos. Looking forward to another fun night with you thank you so much for taking your time out of your evening to come be with us on the pints and polishing podcast so thanks thanks Thanks, jason i appreciate it make it a great day yeah see you guys see you soon